0: Listening to the Saints Insider podcast with Claire White and Simon Lethlean. Give some time. the Welcome back to the Saints Insider podcast. My name is still Claire White. However, again this week I've ditched Simon Lethlean. This week I have. Head uh, of List Management and Security Football Club, James Gallagher. Gags, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Pleasure. Thanks for having me, Whitey.
0: Anytime, anytime. Um, yeah, old headlines, McGee. I, I couldn't figure out what best seat was for him in the studio, so I thought let's just get rid of the, the whole problem. I won't give him a seat this week. I'll bring you in.
1: No, he can take a little – um, take a back seat for a week, I think. Like yeah, this. that's um, it. We've seen enough of him for a while.
0: That's it. He got his mug on telly enough, so um, – We'll give, him, we'll give him a rest. How have you been? We haven't had you on the podcast since you were like a week
1: into the job. It has been a while. sort of feels like you You only get me on when you really need me, um, Claire. <laughs> you, I would have thought I, I did a reasonable job first up. and might have did. been in for a regular segment, but obviously not. Uh, no, I'm well. I'm well. Really enjoying the role here. We've got plenty of work to do. Um, but uh, no, I've really enjoyed uh, the season so far and... Um, the opportunities that, that I've had to go and watch plenty of different types of footy. Um, and, yeah, we got a big three or four months coming up as well.
0: Were you in Tasmania on the weekend? I wasn't, no. No? Were you somewhere warmer because it was pretty cold down there?
1: Uh, I wasn't anywhere too much warmer. I stayed and I watched uh, Sandringham play against North Melbourne, mm-hmm. uh, Arden Street on Sunday morning, which was uh, it was a terrific crowd there, nice weather, nice surface at Arden Street um, and great to see Magic Door back out on the oval uh, but that's probably where the positives ended for Sandringham and St Kilda. We were a bit ordinary on the weekend and uh, and lost by, yeah, probably about eight goals I think in the end.
0: Yeah, it was a, a disappointing weekend for us on field. However, yeah, the girls, Southern Saints six in a row now. Um, how good is that? Yeah,
1: they're outstanding. They're um, going terrifically and they haven't... Lent too heavily on um, our AFLW listed uh, girls either just yet, so um, yeah, we've got some others to, to come back into the side as well as we sort of you know, Peter and the girls march towards the final. So it's um, that's a real really positive story um, for the uh, for the girls in the footy club um, as we um, you know want to throw everything to the into the season there and, and give ourselves the best chance, but also in preparations for AFLW twenty twenty.
0: And one thing the Saints Insider listeners have had to go through for the past few months is constant noise because we've had a lot of construction underway to bank our, uh, to make our AFLW wing. But, gangs, silence. Glorious silence apart from the air condition that we apparently can't turn off in here. Have you had a look at the digs next door yet?
1: I have. Um, they're very impressive uh, as, you know, you'd expect they would be. We're, we're going to have an AFLW side, um, their new facility, so we want them to be... Um, you know, um, the best in class. Uh, so the, the girls would be, I think they've already had a tour through there and, and um, I understand they're pretty wrapped with them. I, I did notice that um, they each have individual mirrors on the sides of their lockers uh, which mm-hmm. is probably the main difference between um, their change rooms and the men's change rooms. So whether or not the uh, the boys will uh, put their hand up to have some individual mirrors installed in their rooms. It wouldn't surprise me. But, um, no, nah, it's a terrific facility.
0: I had a player in there the other day and he was so jealous of the mirrors. Mm. He was ready to rip one out and pop it in his locker. He was extremely jealous. But, no, the girls really thought about it. So a lot of the, the construction was based on what the girls wanted and there's lots of um, there's lots of cool stuff.
1: Yeah, and that, that's my understanding of it is that, that – um, you know, the designers and architects and the project managers from here in St Kilda actually went and asked them. They asked the um, the boys as well and, and asked the girls and the girls actually put a lot of thought into it. They did um,
0: slightly more than the boys who I think they were like, can we play cricket in here? Yes, sold. Yeah,
1: that's pretty much it. It's about <laughs> as simple as it gets, as basic as it gets for us. Um, but, yeah, no, they're a great facility. So uh, we're all really looking forward to, um, to AFLW kicking off.
0: Now, Gags, you've been very busy in recent months, as we've discussed. Um, you've been re-signing the house down. We've got a lot of players I want to get through it, and we'll start with the most recent one in Shane Savage. Sav played his 100th game for the club on the weekend, uh, has been given another one-year deal. Why did we do that?
1: Uh, so, Savage's form has been really solid this year. Uh, certainly in the first half of the year was in, you know, probably our top half a dozen players, I would have thought, um, and he's, he's continued on. So... Um, he brings a few different things uh, to our team. He's got a bit of speed, so he's got a bit of power in his game and he's a um, he's a nice kick of the ball and he's a long kick of the ball. So um, those attributes combine with the fact that, you know, he's he's 28. Um, we don't have a lot of um, mature heads around the place. Um, so, we you know, we want to make sure we retain, you know, a good balance of, of age profile on our list. And... And if nothing else, his performances, you know, he's performing really well. So we want to make sure we we reward those guys and um, he prepares in a really professional fashion, Sav. Like I think if nothing else, you just go by how he looks on the field. He looks like he's a fit, strong guy. Um, That's not an accident Um, that happens because he he, um, spends a lot of time on his preparation um, and he approaches his footy in a really really professional manner. So I think that's a great example to set, um, you know, for our uh, our players at our free club and that's the type of player that we want to have here.
0: Another recent one that was um, quite big news, also a fellow milestone on the weekend, Jack Billings.
1: Yeah, JB, I think it goes without saying that it's that a priority for us at the start of the year, one of, you know, a few priorities to, to have JB um, extend with the club um, and, you know, we had a number of good conversations with Jack and his management over uh, sort of three or four months and, all I've observed since I've come into the role, sort of nine months ago, is is how um, professional Jack is, um, how much ownership he has uh, of our group, and how invested he is in in being the best footballer he can be, but also having success. And and that's not just success in footy; that's success at St Kilda. Um, and his performances this year have um, have reflected the way that that he's approached his footy, in, you know, from the limited amount that I've seen of him. I uh, can't be more impressed with him. Uh, so. Yeah, that was a um, that was a, a great vote of confidence uh, for the club, and it, it's really nice to know that uh, we have Jack plus you know a number of these other um, younger emerging players of our footy club. And, you know, Jack's certainly a bit more established than, than emerging, but um, yeah, that was that was really positive.
0: Uh, another big one in Rowan Marshall, big figuratively and literally. The guy is ginormous.
1: Yeah, he's he's a big guy, Row, and. Um, what he's done this year is he's grabbed an opportunity that was in front of him, um, in front of a few of our guys. He, he grabbed it with both hands and he's performed outstandingly. So, uh, well done to him. And he's a terrific guy around the footy club. He's really popular with his teammates. He works really hard on his game. He wants to be the best possible player that he can be. Um, and, you know, that's reflecting in his performances so far and we think he's, he's just scratching the surface. You know, he's, he's played less than 30 games so row. So, um, you know, there's there's huge upside there in in addition to the way that he's played so far this year.
0: So easy to forget too that of those 30 games, so few have been as a ruckman and you, you look at him, you know, against the likes of Gorn and Grundy and these really established players and, and he's holding his own.
1: Yeah, he's He's performing well. Like, um, there's things that Rowan does that, that those guys – Know, aren't necessarily capable of doing. Certainly not at. Um, they weren't doing it at the age that he is or the level of experience he has. So that you know gives us a lot of confidence that um, you know he's only just starting on his journey, Row, and he's performing at a, at a high level at the moment. But you know with his his talent, and his appetite for work, and his um, you know his attitude to his footy, that uh, that gives us great confidence that we're going to see a lot. Um, a lot more from Rowan and, and an even m- more improved performances over the next two or three years.
0: And another one that was big news at the time: um, Jade Gresham on a long-term deal.
1: Yeah, so Gresham signed for um, another four years, uh, which is great. So I mean, the the common theme amongst a lot of these um, these guys, certainly the three that you've just mentioned, Jack, uh, Rowan, and Jade, is you know we've got a group here that um, that are young, that are you know in our best few players. That we think are going to be the the nucleus of the next really successful period for the St Kilda Footy Club. So, a priority for um, for me and, and our Footy Club has been to make sure that we sign these guys up um, as our priority, so that that we can you know keep that nucleus um, together for a number of years going forward. And as the, our younger guys develop with them, um, and if we can you know have a bit of success in bringing one or two others in to to help support these guys. We're going to see improvement from these guys because they're younger. We're going to see improvement from, you know, Clark, Battle, Coffield, those sort of guys as well because they have the right attitude and they're young. Um, We'll get a bit of better luck with with injury and if we can bring one or two others in, uh, you know, that for me is, um, is sort of the right recipe and the right approach to building a team that's capable of playing in a grand final and winning a premiership.
0: Speaking of injuries, one other player that we have re-signed um, this year is Callum Wilkie, who at the start of the season um, only played you know, a few JLT minutes um, and in all likelihood if Dylan Robert hadn't gone down again, might not have got his shot as early as he did. Could He have? He couldn't have gone any better in terms of, of what we asked of him coming in from the sample, um, you know, hasn't played AFL and he hasn't missed a beat. All season, and you've you've rewarded him justly.
1: Yeah, he's been terrific, Cal. Um, we like you said, we, he's exceeded all expectations. I think uh, so far, um, we brought him in with the the specific idea. You know, I mean, he, he's been a, a really accomplished SNFL player for a young guy. He was um, 22 in the last year when we drafted him. He'd won the best and fairest in the premiership side, um, playing as a as a defender, but more a drop off defender and a marking, kicking, running defender. The year prior to that. He'd come runner-up in the best and fairest as a as a really traditional last line lockdown defender, so he's able to play both roles. Um, and so we had great confidence when we we brought him in. He's a very good kick. He's an outstanding decision maker, and he's a he's a true footballer. He takes the ball cleanly. He he makes smart decisions. He's composed, um, and he understands the game. Uh, so we were really confident when he came in, and we there was some uncertainty around. Dylan, we were all pretty confident that, that Dylan would get back and uh, be able to play good footy this year. But in the back of our minds, we wanted to, I suppose, bring someone in that was capable of playing that role if there was to, to be a bit of bad luck with Robbo. Um, unfortunately, that was the case. Cal gets his opportunity and, you know, he, he's been outstanding. What he has done is he's shown all of those things that were the reasons that, you know, Chris Libertore, Chris Totchen, Simon guest, really liked him in the draft, is he can defend. Um, his numbers in, in one-on-one contests this year are absolutely outstanding for wins and halves. Um, and he can also drop off and take a mark and use the ball really effectively as well. So we've seen all of those things from Cal. And what I firmly believe is, you know, he's he's had three months of pre-season, uh, basically. You know, we picked him up on the 22nd of November. He turns up on the 24th and then starts it's you know, only three and a half weeks of training before Christmas. And then he's he's sort of into it straight after that. So... With a full run at it pre-season, he is he's the absolute right attitude that you want in a footballer. Um, he doesn't take anything for granted. He's going to throw himself into his work, you know, even more so in, in the next pre-season. And we're going to see, you know, look, he he's going to be even better placed next year. I think he's closer to his potential than maybe a you know a first-year draftee is. But there's still a lot of improvement left in him.
0: It's also getting to that uh, delightful time of year when trade period starts getting brought up, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, rumours are already flying. I want to ask you what we're looking for in trade period. It's always a very, um, you know, rumour-filled time and a lot of um, stuff gets said. But what's – and obviously you can't tell us everything – but what are your, I guess, intentions for this trade period?
1: So, yeah, good question. Our intentions are what we want to bring in – um, we need to bring in some new players at, uh, that can perform specific roles within our team and have at specific ap- attributes and are also, you know, to, to make it as basic as you want, they're going to make us better. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think we need a bit of help in the midfield. Uh, I think we, um, if we can bring in some guys um, in the midfield that, that use the ball really well, that run um, both fast and long, um, I think that'll be... A real win so they're you know it's easier said than done but that's what we're, we're trying to do uh, through the midfield um, guys that can play both inside but also you know, outside as well so uh, certainly in the midfield we're, we're looking to try and um, improve and bring in some extra numbers in that area um, you know in defense I think uh, we've had a bit of misfortune there with you know Jake missing most of the year and Robbo missing the full year um, you know, we've we've found Cal and, and Joshy Battle's done a terrific job back there. So I think, you know, potentially we need a, uh, a guy that can maybe play as that key lockdown defender um, as well. So that's, that's something we may try and explore um, through the trade period. And, you know, we're also open to a bit of change um, in the ruck. Rowan's doing an exceptional job at the moment. We think he's probably going to need a little bit of support next year. We've been a bit unfortunate with... Um, with the injuries that we've had to our rucks this year and hopefully they get sort of back up and going in the in the last sort of four to six weeks of the season. But we're um, we're open to um, getting, you know, a, a ruck in to, to possibly uh, support Rowan as well.
0: So it's more of a complimentary situation than a taking over Rowan?
1: Yeah, yeah, well, I think we, look, if we can have bring someone in to, um, to help Rowan, that's, you know, we like I mentioned, we, we see the upside in Rowan is um, is huge. But, you know, he, he does have that ability to play in all parts of the ground. Um, he's played as a key back through his juniors. He He's played more of his AFL footy as a key forward in a second ruck and now he's doing a magnificent job as a ruck. So what he does do is, in addition to being really helpful for us in the ruck, he brings great flexibility for us as well. Um, so, yeah, we're pretty open-minded with, with the type of ruckman that we bring in.
0: Are you comfortable and or confident... Um, on our position heading into trade period in terms of um, in terms of I guess funds firstly and then that we're an attractive attractive offer for someone who's wanting to move or looking to move
1: uh, yeah we're pretty comfortable it's pretty early on so the, the, at this stage we've had you know preliminary discussions with managers and and, and that's really only gone to the point of, of me going and, and speaking to the managers and presenting to them on, this is who we are as a St Kilda foot, football club. This is where we're at in our journey. This is where we're going to get to, and this is the type of player that we'd like you to help us with, um, because this is where this is where we're going to head, um, and we're really confident in in that direction. Um, and here's some of the other things around the St Kilda football club that make us a really attractive proposition for a footballer. You know, we have the the best facilities in in Victoria. We're in a fantastic area in Melbourne, right in at Heartland, Heartland in Bayside, Melbourne, um, back at Moorabbin. Um, you know, we have a really quite a, a young best team um, that are going to stick together for a period of time and grow and improve and evolve together. Um, and, you know, the opportunities here with, with a, a huge um, supporter base and a big influential network are, well, you have success here and that can, that can mean a lot of great things. Um, so, uh, yeah, we think that there's there's a lot of um, really positive things about joining St Kilda, absolutely.
0: Some of those positives you will have to explain to whoever we draft. So yep. after trade, we go into the lovely draft period 27 and 28 of November. Last year, as we've discussed, we went for two youngies in Max and Jack and then four mature ages. Um, is that something you can see us doing again this year or is it, again, too early to tell depending on – who we have here after, after, I guess, exit interviews initially and then after trade period?
1: Yeah, it's probably probably a bit too early to tell, to know definitively, but um, it's unlikely we'd go with that mix again. The reality is that over the last two years, with between draft, rookie draft, mid-season draft and supplemental selection period, there's been over 30 mature age players taken from state leagues um, in two years. So what that's meant is that the the higher end talent from those competitions has there's a lot less of it there now than there was a couple of years ago, and that's not to be disparaging towards those state leagues. It's it's just the reality. There are a lot of those guys that are now in the AFL, so just by nature the talent pool is um, is a bit thinner and a bit shallower with those guys. But also what we want to do is that there specific reasons why we went down that path um, last year. There were some certain attributes we really wanted to bring into our footy club. Um, you know most predominantly being speed, um, we've done that. We didn't want to get any younger. We had a you know, very young list and another six, 18 year olds that I didn't think was the right approach to take at that point in time. But this year, I think we'll, um, depending on where our picks sit, but I'd be more inclined to, um, to invest a bit more heavily in the younger guys, um, in the, sort of the, the 18 year olds that are coming out of um, either the, the NAB Cup or the NAB League in Victoria or South Australia, West Australia or, or the other states.
0: I ran into you at the underage championships the
1: other day. Do you like what you see? I do. Yeah, it was um, it's terrific, terrific competition. Um, my mighty SA boys just fell short um in the end, but uh, no, it was a, it was quite an even competition actually. Western Australia obviously won basically with the last kick of the championships. Big um, country were you know incredibly competitive throughout. Um, SA very good, you know, and Metro certainly had their moments as did the Allies. So, um. Yeah there's there's quite a depth of talent coming out of the under-19s this year. Um the high end maybe not quite so uh you know to use a real recruiter's term sort of that the elite talent maybe not mm-hmm. quite at the at the levels it was of say last year, but I think maybe the the depth of the talent is um is even better and uh I'm really confident that well, you know we need to get some good picks, but um I've got a lot of confidence in our our new recruiting team with Liberatore, Toce and and Guest. They sort of did a great job last year. Um, And I think we'll be, uh, yeah, we can bring some really good ones in at the end of this year.
0: Excellent. Looking forward to it. Now, um, my guest this week on the podcast, apart from yourself, but I'd say you're, you're more than a guest, Gags. You've been here before. You're almost like a... A uh, quasi-co-host, don't that's, tell Simon. It's
1: easy to say for a bloke you've had on for the second time in nine months. Yeah. Whitey. So I'd like to see some runs on the board before you sort of make those sort of statements.
0: You might be the only return guest at this stage though.
1: leans on it every month.
0: Yeah, but he's like supposed to be my co-host. Mm. I feel like I really drive it, but you know, we'll let him decide. Um, but my guest this week is Jack Steele. Jack Steele, how good's Jack Steele? He's pretty good. He's pretty good. New yeah, club record good. this week for uh, most tackles in a game.
1: Yep, uh, he's doing a good job, Steely. He was, um, yeah. If nothing else on the weekend, he sort of showed that he's a uh, he's a genuine competitor. Um, in a in a game that was going against us, he could certainly hold his head high with um, with his attitude and the way that he approached the game and kept fighting and you know he performed his role pretty well on the day and um, he didn't die wondering, which was good.
0: Do you have anything you'd like me to ask him? Do you have any, like, burning questions for Jack Steele?
1: No, I probably don't. Um, you know, if you could sort of... If you could give us your 18 tackles and then turn sort of 18 possessions into 30 or 35 good ones as well as 18 yeah. tackles, then, you know, we're talking.
0: Less yeah. of a question, more of an instruction.
1: Well, just an encouragement. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah just a gentle, you know, steer in the right direction. Yep. I can do that for you. Um, now... When I do have Simon on the podcast, we do a thing called Simon Says. And it's like Simon Says, this thing's good or this thing's bad. Your name doesn't lend itself quite as easily to a segment like that. So I've gone with gags, gives it a whatever. And then you can give it a rating. You can do it five stars. You can do out of ten. You can do yes or no. So I've got three random topics to ask you about. And you can tell us and the Saints Insider uh, listeners what you rate to this thing. First thing, cold weather. Gag gives it up.
1: No. 4 out of 10.
0: Oh wow. Yep. Just don't like being cold.
1: I'm okay with cold, just mm-hmm. not for too long. Like okay. I'm you can I can cop cold weather for 4 or 5 weeks a year. Yep. yep. Is
0: it worse here than it is in Adelaide? Yep. Yeah. That first Melbourne winter a bit of a struggle?
1: Uh, well, it was a while ago now, but like oh my like, like I said I'm okay with cold weather. It just it just keeps going and going and going. And by the time you get to September, it's sort of, you know, that's enough.
0: That's but, enough?
1: Yeah, it's spring, come on.
0: Well, then you get out and you go to like the racing and stuff in November, then you're fine.
1: Yeah, and it's cold up until mid-November. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, lucky we keep you busy during those few months and then you've got no excuse to be That's out exactly
1: right. And I'll finish up in end of December, I'm pasty and freezing and out of shape. And I'm yeah, we'll going to spend some getting back. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Stranger Things.
1: I don't know what Stranger Things is. So this might be – like. A real knock to my credibility, but
0: it 100% is.
1: Yep. So, what is it?
0: It is a Netflix series about these kind of nerdy misfit kids who get up to high jinks when some supernatural stuff goes down in their town.
1: It sounds like you've read that off the back of a DVD cover. It
0: does. Um, the fact you said DVD cover also hurts your credibility. <laughs> um, but I would recommend. Are you a Netflix person?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I am, but not. Uh, not religiously. Okay. Well, certainly not. Obviously not. Well, clearly not cause it's um, just the biggest show in the world. I've watched a few things on there, but uh, how many seasons in are we?
0: Well, this season three just launched, but they're not very long. Like the episodes are at 45, but there's not heaps of episodes.
1: Yeah, if, you, if it's too far gone, then uh, that's a big commitment for me to try and catch up no, two and a half seasons.
0: I reckon you can do it. Uh, and last one, this weekend we have the fun of – it's kind of like a quasi-triple header. So we've got the girls um, playing Geelong, they're at Deakin, and then the VFL boys at GMHBA, and then the AFL boys at GMHBA. How good are triple headers?
1: Love it. So good. Love them. Yeah, I like the fact that you know that the AFL might go out there and the, the grass is dug up a little bit, and they might get a bit of dirt on their knees, and mm-hmm. you know that's okay. Yeah, that, that's all right. So, um, yeah, no, I'm a I'm a big fan of the triple header. Yeah. Good.
0: Will
1: you be heading down the highway? I will. I'm actually going. Speaking of cold weather, I've, I've um, well, reluctantly, going to head to the Gold Coast on Thursday just for a oh, couple of days. Is so hard the for you. Uh, The national under 16s championships are on, so I'm going to head up there just for two days um, to watch some games and to to meet with some of the player managers and those sort of things. That'll be up there. Um, so I'll do that for um, Thursday and Friday, and then back Saturday morning, and then. Uh, yeah jump in there in the car and head down the highway to Geelong and um we'll see how we go
0: do you have your pre- like pre-flight or flying um itinerary down because you guys it's not uncommon f- to to notch up one two three states a weekend for recruiters what's your deal do you yeah. get, how early do you get there
1: No, i'm i'm the opposite so the recruiting boys've been doing it for a long time they're they've' they're very seasoned. set in their ways yeah. and organized I'm the sort of you know if it's a Eight o'clock flight and seven thirty-five boarding. I'll get to the airport at seven thirty and sort of walk from the car straight wow. into the. Wow, yeah, uh, that's bold. Well, my Google dad, Maps my and dad, dad got shivers of, hearing that. <laughs> Google Maps and all that sort of thing. You know how long it's going to take you to get to the airport now. So, sitting around in an airport drinking, you know, airport made coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could think of better things to be doing than that. So, that's that's more my approach. High risk, yes. Um, but so far, well, it's worked out okay. Reward. Yeah.
0: Have you got your um, your recruiter ensemble down? I saw you the other day. You and Chris Libattori were wearing matching colours. You both had baseball hats on. I think this is probably you've you've settled into this slightly more maybe than the the airport, yeah, airport ways.
1: Yeah. Well, look, I, 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 you know the the recruiters they they they're a different type. Like they've sort of been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, now I've got a... They're big I've, fans
0: of the podcast too, Eric. yes Shout out to Chris and Chris and Simon and Steve. Yeah,
1: um, doing a magnificent job. They
0: do. They're Actually, do you know what I'm going to get? They are very sad that I haven't got any of them on the podcast and yep. so I'm going to get so much crap for having you on twice before they're on once.
1: Well, there's a pretty easy solution for you. Get them on.
0: Well, I want to kind of get them their own podcast. Can you imagine the four of them with their own podcast? That would be pretty entertaining actually, yeah. with listening to. So I might, might I leave...
1: A, put a pin in that because I reckon it's worth worthwhile. Yeah. No. Look, I, I my recruiting kit is I've got a pretty standard sort of outfit that I'll wear to the footy, and that's that's basically my sort of recruiting kit. Are you um,
0: binoculars or no binoculars?
1: I do. I have a pair of binoculars now. Yep. So I'll um, I take those along. Mm. Yep. Uh, Unnecessary
0: sunglasses or no sunglasses? No, anymore. I don't
1: wear sunglasses a lot. Certainly not in the Melbourne winters.
0: Um, Not at Marvel when the, the roof is closed.
1: Yeah, no, no, it's just sort of you know, black jeans and you know, t-shirt, a shirt, and a jacket, and occasionally a scarf. Mm-hmm. I'll sometimes wear a beanie um, mm-hmm. or a hat, and yeah, that'll be about me. No. Well,
0: you sound like you've got it under control, Gags. Thank you for taking the time out to come on the podcast. Um, I'll let you go. You're very busy, and I'll pass those recommendations on to Steely.
1: Uh, yeah, it, but temperate with you know we do actually really appreciate what he's bringing to the table at the moment um let's not get too greedy
0: i will can do
1: thanks for having me claire
0: thanks gags you're listening to the saints insider podcast make sure to leave us a review share us with your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and now back to the show my next guest on the podcast is uh A wonderful guy. He's been with us for the past three seasons. Before that, he played two seasons at GWS. He currently wears the number nine, holds the tackle record for St Kilda. Jack Steele. Welcome to Saints Insider.
2: Thanks for having me, Claire.
0: It's been uh, highly requested. You're a very popular member of the team. um, And I know you're very busy, so thank you for joining us. Uh, We'll start with the tackle record. I um, was watching the stats on the weekend down in Hobart. I was like, geez, he's getting up there. And then it hit 18 and I was like, I feel like that's a record. Had a quick Google. I was like, I think I'm right, and then I just started telling people. I was right. like, I hope my Google was correct because <laughs> this is caught fire. It was correct though. Did you um, could you tell that you were you were getting up there in the numbers? Um,
2: I knew I had a lot of tackles and I knew I had a lot of pressure points and sort of tackles where I did tackle some of it, They got a handball away and. Um, so I don't think that really counts as a tackle. So I could have had, could have had more than 18, but um, I knew I was getting a few, especially sitting on the back of Ben Cunnington all day. It definitely helps.
0: Can you guess a ballpark number of how many tackles you've had in your career? So you've played 71 games. How many tackles do you reckon you've
2: Maybe you've had? like 500?
0: Close. 480. So you started slow the first two years of the Giants, but then at the same time you didn't play as many games yet. But so yep. for the past three years, and you've only played – 13 games this season, well, all the games this season, <laughs> nearly. And then um, you've had 101 tackles so far this year. Well,
2: there you go.
0: That's not bad, my friend. That's yeah, not bad. It isn't at all. Um, we'll start back uh, earlier in your footy journey, though. Yep. Or even in your life. So you grew up in Canberra. Tell us about growing up in Canberra.
2: Uh, Canberra was a pretty fun place to grow up. Um, it was uh, heavily rugby and rugby union-based um, territory, I guess. It just... With the Raiders and the Brummies both being there, um, they're the dominant sports, I guess. Um, AFL wasn't as big. I think I think the North Melbourne Kangaroos and the Sydney Swans would um, come down a couple of times a year and play there. Um, but other than that, there wasn't really too much AFL footy I'd see during the year. So um, yeah, Dad Dad liked the sport. He liked those kick, so he got me into that early. And um, cause he played he played rugby league himself out in um, West Country New South Wales. So um, and the other side of my family, mum's side of my family, all were big rugby league players as well. So all my uncles and stuff played a lot of it and my granddad played a lot of rugby union and um, there was never really too much AFL, or sorry, Australian rules footy played within the family, I guess. So, yeah.
0: Do you have siblings?
2: Yeah, I've got an older sister.
0: Does she? Is she sporty as well?
2: Uh, she played a lot of basketball. She was re- really good basketball when she was young. I uh, represented the ACT quite a lot. Um, bit of netball, but... Um, yeah, now she sort of stopped doing all that and just sort of cruising, going to uni, yeah.
0: Was footy um, the main, I guess, was when did footy become your main focus?
2: Probably when I was about 15, 15, 16, um, when I sort of needed to just sort of pick a sport. I played a lot of cricket and basketball as well. Um, yeah, all my mates played, played footy with me and, and they sort of did the same. They dropped everything else and really started to focus on footy and, yeah,
0: well, yeah. Did people question it when you'd played, I guess, rugby and other sports when you were younger, that you'd chosen AFL, or was everyone is it was it like an uncommon thing amongst your friendship group, or
2: um, definitely not um, within my like my social footy group, like my, my my friends that I had in footy because obviously that was it was normal just to play footy, but at school um, I think there was only three people in my whole grade, which there was like hundred fifty people in my grade that. Um, that played AFL, including Logan Austin. Um,
0: so, <laughs> so you two have done pretty well. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah we have done very well. <laughs> that so. third
0: guy though, geez, he's led <laughs> the team down.
2: Um, so, yeah, it was quite quite weird. All the teachers used to say to me that, um, you know, like they always try to convert me, try to get, get me to play for the school rugby team and all that. And, and I'd, I'd sort of consider it for a little bit and then just realise like I don't really enjoy it as much as I enjoy footy. So there's no point... Um, really trying it when I feel like I excel in AFL. In
0: and how did you end up at the Giants? Were you in the Giants um, Academy before you got picked?
2: Uh, yeah, I was a part of the Giants Academy from when I was about 13. I think at the time that they made the Academy, it was still Team GWS. I think it was called that and really decided the, decided the name for the team. Um, I think that's when Brucey actually um, sort of first became a Giants player. was when they were still team GWS. Um, and eventually, yeah, I just worked my way up the ranks year by year and um, got to under-16s, made the 16-state team and, um, yeah, had a, had, a, had a bad year in my under-18s top age year and hurt my knee. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I came back the next year in the under-18s under, under 18s Rams and, and played and played well enough to get drafted to the Giants.
0: This is one of my favourite questions. Where were you and how did you find out you'd been picked?
2: Um... I was – it was at the draft combine. Mm-hmm. I had a meeting with the Giants, with Leon Cameron. Uh, Stephen Silvani was there at the time. I can't really remember anyone else who was there um, in the meeting room, but that's when they told me that they were going to bid for me in the, um, in the draft, which basically meant that um, I was definitely going to get picked up. Yep. If it be the Giants or North Melbourne who ended up bidding for me at pick 15, I think mm-hmm. they had at the time. Um, and all Giants had to do was take me with their next pick, which was, I think, 24. So um, as soon as they told me that, that's basically when I knew I was getting drafted. But it was a bit weird knowing that you're going to get drafted but not knowing where. Um, so I suppose a couple. it's a bit different now to what it was back then in terms of the Academy by the Sun bidding system. But um, I think it was just live-streamed back then before the draft. So... Um, yeah, sort of just sitting at home with mum and dad, and it was a live stream up on the TV, and we saw that North bid for me, pick fifteen, and then straight away Giants sort of took me with their next pick, which was which was good. It was a relief knowing that I'd sort of only had to go up to Sydney, which was three hours away from Canberra, so um, that was that was good knowing where I was going. It was pretty cool um, knowing where I was getting drafted as well before anyone else had really gotten drafted too. So found that pretty cool.
0: So you had to move up to Sydney. Who, did you move in with a host family or did you live with a player?
2: I lived with um, I lived with a, an academy player as well called Jeremy Finlayson who's, who's starting to play quite well I this season. I believe I've heard of him before, yes. Yeah, yes. he's kicking a few goals, which is good. <laughs> um, and Nick Walsh and his partner at the time, her name was Adele, um, they were... They're both Irish, mm-hmm. um, and Nick was a was a um, a coach at the Giants at the time. So I just moved in with, with them into a place called Breakfast Point. Um,
0: Sounds delightful.
2: Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> Breakfast <quite>,
0: Point. I <laughs> want to live in Breakfast Point.
2: <laughs> it was it was quite it was quite nice. It was sort of like a old sort of, it wasn't old, but it was like a village sort of like old people, yeah, I guess, cool. <laughs> where you'd sort of go and retire and, and enjoy enjoy life at a country club and everything. It was really nice. Oh, so. I'll
0: retire to breakfast, Point. Yeah, sounds great.
2: I'll definitely be back there one day. That <laughs> 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 no, was cool.
0: So what were those early days for you? Obviously, those Giants, the Giants team, and still to this day is very hard to crack. They're a very talented bunch. Is that something you found while you were up there?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think I was ever going to walk in and, and play straight away, but I definitely gave it my, my best crack in my first year. And I think... I think I was emergency maybe seven or eight times before I did make my debut in round 12 against North Melbourne. Um, but, yeah, once, once I did make my debut, I think, I think the week before, a few – like I think Steve Cornelio and a few others went down, which obviously opened up a, an opportunity for me. So I was just grateful to sort of be able to play. I actually lined up on Nicky Del Santo for the first first bounce, did which is you? a pretty, yeah, pretty cool one. Yeah, it was, it was it was yeah, awesome
0: for the Saints insiders listeners. Nikki Dale stuck his head in this room about ten minutes before we started recording, so yep. that is a full circle moment. Yeah, um, you made the decision to to move from the Giants after two years. Was that essentially to give yourself more opportunity?
2: Yeah, that was the um, yeah, that was the idea. I guess I really wanted to um, be playing consistent AFL footy and other Giants with their list and. Um, you know the players I had on it was just it was just too hard to crack. Um, you know if you did play one bad game, I suppose you felt like your spot was in a bit of jeopardy. So I didn't really want that um, that stress, and um, you know I did want to stay there and I did want to be a one club player and and try and win a premiership with our team. But um, at the end of the day, I wasn't playing AFL footy, so I think coming to St Kilda was the best thing I've done.
0: Yeah, and what made you choose the Saints?
2: Um, I, I I just. I thought the Saints were, at the time, they were a young team. They were an upcoming team. Um, They didn't have as much depth as the Giants, I thought. Um, And I just thought it was a perfect team um, for a fresh start. And, yeah, I'm glad I'm here now.
0: You heard they had a really good media manager and you were like, let me go, she seems cool. Exactly. Um, So now you've played, what's that, 41-54 games for St Kilda. Halfway through last year, everyone's probably heard this story already – Um, You made a bit of a change or a change was made to the way you play your game. Can you just talk us through, for those who haven't heard, how that happened?
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah, Richo just gave me a role. He thought we needed to have a defensive midfielder inside the the centre square playing on um, the opposition's best player each week, I guess. Um, And I put my hand up and and said I'd, I'd do that. Um, which, was, which was great because I get to sort of, you know, sit on the back of the best player. The ball's always getting hit to him and get to play a lot more minutes, obviously. So, um, yeah, it was an opportunity that for me that I'm grateful for and to really helped me sort of develop my game, I think, in all, in all areas. So um, learn a lot from, from the best sort of players around the competition.
0: You said before you also find, I guess, some clarity in having that one role. Do you think that's calmed you down as a player or made it made your life easier knowing... This is what I have to do, and for me to have a good game, this is this is A,
2: B, C. Yeah, um, it's definitely yeah made things a lot simpler the way I think and the way I approach games. Um, sometimes I, I, I don't always have a role, and when I don't always have a role, I, I I tend to think about too many too many things that I need to focus on, like getting the ball, still tackling, um, doing doing other other sorts of things. Whereas if I do get a role and you know, I do start on say Ben Cunnington on the weekend all I know I have to do is to, to try my best to stop him mm-hmm. um, and then everything else sort of just comes with that I guess if the ball spills my way then I can I can pick it up and handball it if, if, I, if I need to but um, I just think it, it really simplifies things for me um, and eventually if I do um, go forward and, and don't have the tag um, every week then I can I feel like I can still go back to that and sort of try and simplify things start on an opposition player and really try and just work off them um but i think yeah simplifying things definitely helps and i, f- I feel like it's sort of helped my mindset going forward
0: who's been your toughest your toughest job
2: um hey ben cunnington um he's he's a very tough footballer uh, he's very hard to tackle and if you do sort of get in the wrong position he can throw you out the way so although i thought I did a good job on him on the weekend. Um, I've had a few battles with him before, and, and he's probably the, the hardest one. And I've def, I've pulled up pretty sore from the weekend, so I probably should. I'll <laughs> we'll
0: cut that bit yeah, out. We'll cut that out
2: <laughs> just from playing on him, so yeah.
0: No, he's a he's a very tough. Player. I think Crash found that too, so um, yeah.
2: he's a bit rough. Yeah.
0: Now, um, before you were uh, coming on the podcast, we put something on Instagram to ask people for some questions for you. Yep. We got a lot and only a few from your fellow teammates making fun, which is always nice. Question from Oliver. Do you prefer dry or wet conditions when playing footy?
2: I think everyone prefers dry conditions, but um, I feel like I play better than most in the wet. It just sort of suits my game style um, in terms of just sort of cracking in and getting in and under and winning the ball because it does get a bit slippery when it's wet. So um, yeah.
0: Um. Very nice. This one is from Molly. Who's the most annoying teammate? You've got a plethora of options there. Yeah, we mo- love them all, but geez, they can be annoying sometimes.
2: I'm trying to work it out. I'm gonna have to say Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy's alright, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Blake. Blake. Jimmy can be bad, but Blake is just so annoying. Whereas he'll. <laughs> eat something out of a bowl and then um you'll you'll walk out you'll go do weights or something and you come back and then the bowl will be in your locker
0: oh fun and
2: he'll play the old it wasn't me sort of card but i saw you eating it 10 minutes ago <laughs> it's got to be you <laughs> that's annoying and that's just just getting under your skin sort of stuff i guess
0: um when from zara who did you follow growing up
2: i followed collingwood when i was when i was younger my dad Sort of got me onto the pies. It, and that was my first game of footy overwatch was Collingwood and the Lions, I think, in the 2002 Grand Final, So,
0: One from Geordie. Who was your idol in footy when you were growing up?
2: Um, Nathan Buckley, going for Collingwood. And and then I suppose uh, Chris Chud as well. I, I, I thought he was a star of a player. And, and Scott Pendlebury as well. So they were probably my big three that I idolised.
0: One here from I think his name's Ned. What's the best moment you've had in the team so far?
2: Mm it's a good question. I, I think um I think in my first year when we played Fremantle, uh, we won we won the, the game, but I think that's when I when I did the chase down tackle. I remember my, that. I you won like, for
0: a million years.
2: Yeah, I think that was my Probably the biggest impact I've had on a game so far is where the game might have been a bit out of reach if, if you did walk in and kick the goal. But I don't know. Um, what do you think?
0: I think that's good. When I think of you, that's the that's the highlight that comes to mind.
2: I can't really think of too many other things.
0: <laughs> uh, question from Brad. Is the man bun coming back? You and I have had a lot of conversations about your hair recently. Yep. What, what's the vibe? What are you thinking?
2: It won't be coming back. Just trying to give bit of length in it still though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a project, guys. We're working. On.
2: Yeah, we're not sure.
0: Um, one from. There's so many asking who's the most annoying player, which isn't a great sign. Um, there's a couple here asking around, um, who your favorite fellow Jack is. Which is hard because now there's a lot of you to choose from. There's too many. Too many. Can't have a favorite. Can't have a favorite. You all. It's like a Jack code. Mm. Here's one from Dino. No, his name's Ben. People have different, like, usernames to screen names. How has Billy Slater influenced your tackling ability?
2: Um, we've done quite a lot of stuff with, with Billy in terms of tackle technique. Um, out of training, um, nothing too heavy. We did a lot of stuff with John Donahue early in the, in the year in the pre-season. Um, but Billy's Billy's been good at sort of fine tuning a few things that we do out on the track in between in between games. Um, you know, he'll pull us up in the hallways and, and show us a few clips where we didn't get our, our um, footwork right or didn't get our shoulder close enough to the opponent's chest or stuff like that. So he's good good here and there. He'll sort of pull you aside and, and show you what what you need to work on, what was good, um, all sorts of stuff. So he's he's really good. He's really really easy, Bill. So yeah.
0: Question from Isabella: What would you do if you weren't playing footy?
2: I would still be in Canberra, mm-hmm. probably digging holes or um, studying something. I'm not too sure what.
0: Are you doing an apprenticeship now or what are you doing in um, a minute?
2: No, nothing at the moment.
0: Just rolling around. In between. Gosh, come on, Steely. If you had, this is from Mitch, if you had to spend a whole month with a player for 24 hours a day, who would it be? I
2: have to say Luke. Luke? Yep. Luke Dunstan? Yeah, Luke Dunstan.
0: Why? Just, Just love each other?
2: Uh, we're on the same page Okay I feel like I've travelled with Luke For nearly a month before And um, We didn't really get too Angry with each other And I've just moved in with him So um, We haven't really Yeah It's only out in the field But we have a crack at each other at training here and there But um, That's just Our competitive side I guess But yeah I'd, I'd have to say Spook
0: Excellent um, One from Tani What's your pre-game ritual?
2: Um, I don't really, I don't really have one to be honest. I, I do like to wear the same pair of jocks, but I feel like everyone it's sort of standard. Everyone sort of has that. Um, yeah, that's probably it. Uh,
0: thoughts on this is from Orlando. Thoughts on the game against the Cats on the weekend. How are you feeling? It's early in the week, but how are you feeling lining up against the Cat? Obviously, a big task. Geelong at Geelong.
2: Yeah, it is a massive task playing Geelong down in Geelong. So. Um, I think the boys are pretty pretty keen to get out there and prove that we can play four quarters of footy. Um, everyone's sort of a bit disappointed with how the last couple of weeks have panned out, but we still think that um, you know we're a competitive side and we can beat the best, so we're going to go out there and give it everything.
0: One from Riley. Do you support an NBA team?
2: No, I don't. I do follow the NBA, but I'm sort of in between at the moment. I was a big Kyrie Irving fan, but he's turned into a bit of a diva, so... I'm not too happy with him.
0: Take that Kyrie, <laughs> take that Kyrie. What is the hardest part about being a footy player? That's from Taylor.
2: Um, I think pre-season is, is probably the hardest part of the training. The training that we do in the pre-season is, is very tough and it's, it's a grind, but um, again, it's, it's part of the job and it's it's what we do. So um, you just gotta get on with it and, and get to work.
0: One from Josh. Which I like this one, good job, Josh. What made you so dedicated when you could have given up when times got hard?
2: Um, I think it's just proving people wrong. I had a lot of people, especially in Canberra, telling me that um, I wouldn't really succeed with with um, my chosen sport, I guess. And um, that that's what gave me motivation. Even when I was injured, I sort of used that as a tool to get me back to where I was in a position to sort of, um, you know, dominate at junior level and then sort of work my way up from there so I don't know I just, I just find when people tell you that you can't do something it's just a big it's just a, makes, makes a bigger reason to get back so
0: One from Lockie who has the best tunes in the team
2: Sav- Shane Savage is the one who's, who supplies the tunes on game day um, yeah he's pretty good He's got a, he's got a broad a broad music taste which is good that's what we're after so
0: He does a good job. He does a good job. Well, uh, Steely, thank you so much for taking time out to have a chat. Um, All the best for the weekend. Um, I'm expecting lots of tackles from you yet again. No pressure, but now you're a record holder, you kind of have to live up to it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Claire.
0: You've been listening to the Saints Insider Podcast. To submit a question or let us know what you think, email podcast at saints.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. leave us a review and share among your friends.